0: Weekend Qualifier Update, NASHCON 2019, August 23rd through the 25th at Franklin Marriott at Cool Springs in Franklin, Tennessee. For more information, go to nashcon.org. Free registration now open.
1: The NJSOBs are proud to present the third annual Boker Brawl, October 4th through 6th. This year's Brawl will again have our signature five-person team event Saturday and Sunday, and backed by popular demand, the Boker Big Base Brawl, where the top 15 players are walking away with a huge base model. This year we are also proud to announce our Warfare Weekend Qualifier. Registration starts June 1st. Check out our website, thebokerbrawl.com, or on Facebook. See you at the Brawl.
0: Welcome to the Minority Report, with your hosts, Isaiah, Terrence, and Damon. And now, over to you, Isaiah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Minority Report. We are at Gen Con, enjoying ourselves. Live from Gen Con. Uh, As long as Terrence doesn't lose.
2: I've already lost, so that's that's already happened.
0: Sorry, listeners. I mean, we, we hopefully, like Adepticon, no, we tried to root for him this time. He's still lost.
2: Look, things happen.
0: <laughs> but
2: we have a special guest today. Back again uh, from Adepticon. Uh, back again from Adepticon. Uh, we may have to give him a badge. He may have to get a t-shirt. He's been on here so often. The, the man himself, I have the I have the pleasure of introducing the Bayou, the the Boudin making, gumbo eating, Gator wrestling, baddest man on the planet, Woo! William Hungerford. <laughs>
1: Man, I appreciate that. And especially they talked so much trash about you on the last podcast I was on when you were playing in the tournament, did you listened to it? Yes, I did. They were just sitting here talking bad about you the whole I, time. I'm being savage for no reason.
2: Well you you understand how it is, Will. I know. When how it is. we when we good people and we great people,
0: haters gonna hate. First of all, we had a scheduled <laughs> interview and he's like, I'm too busy playing my game, so Look, I'm just gonna do this. Haters do what haters do. Oh, man.
1: I'm, I'm glad you're on this time. Thank you. I'm sad we haven't had everybody together at once, though. We haven't been able to pull that I long.
0: know. So, all of listeners, we know Damon's the favorite, but sadly he couldn't be. Look, Terrence, you ain't important. <laughs> we all know that. Uh, look, we already did the vote. Da- Damon just smashed both Damon, Damon chose a fish fry over you. Well, <laughs> is it
1: a good fish fry? Yeah, I mean.
0: We, we don't know yet. We, I mean, we, we, look, if it's home cooked, it's. <laughs> I mean I, I can't be mad at him. Yeah.
1: Fish fry, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna let him off that. If you see like a crawfish boil, if he like he shows a crawfish boil over me, I I'm not gonna fault the man for that. And yeah.
2: Yeah. I can I can see the crawfish boil, yeah. but it it's probably an old school, they probably got some whitey. They didn't even probably get the catfish, they just got whitey. Ooh,
0: Damon, <laughs> Damon, I mean I can't protect you all day, bro. I mean he's he's throwing out some major shade out here. Alright, but so we're here at Gen Con. Yep. Um and you know, we're here to try out something a little different. So this isn't War machine of hordes. Uh, Hungerford has a has a new toy that he's put out.
1: Yeah, so Riot Quest has been uh, pre-releasing here at the show and has been blowing up. Day one, we went through so many copies of Riot Quest and all the models were. Like, a ton of people are playing him. We've got these big demo stations set up in our new booth, and we're just running demos nonstop. And because that game could be played 1v1 or you could play uh, four-player multiplayer, we're running four-player demos. So we're giving like these big, big games at one time. And
0: awesome so in all honesty honestly didn't realize it was up to four players yeah. like that completely actually threw me by surprise because I expect it to be more like a one-on-one type of arena style game that you know you may have seen in other type of companies but actually like trying it out uh, last night trying to do a, a four-player was first time trying it and actually doing a full uh, 1v1 it actually works pretty smoothly I was actually very impressed
1: yeah. The main and it actually plays a little so the rules don't change at all but the difference is in how you play the game mainly because you get a you get a victory point every time you kill an enemy hero and so in a 1v1 you don't have to worry about kill stealing in a free player uh multiplayer free for all you do like if you do a little bit of damage to somebody else and then somebody comes up on there because it's alternating activation you don't do your whole team at once one one hero goes next person hero goes so on so forth so if you do a little bit of damage to one guy and then the next person after you comes up and finishes them off they get the victory points and you don't get anything so when you play
0: multiplayer, you got to watch out for other people trying to snipe you, effectively. Oh yeah, it, and it's, it's tons of fun, because like when I first heard about it, and I know you uh, guys finally mentioned that the heroes in the game will be coming over to War Machine and Hordes, yep. um, I was actually a little, little worried, because I felt that I didn't want people just to buy this game just for the War Machine and Hordes, yep. but after playing it, it's a lot more fun than I thought. Yep. Um, it, it's kinda, a chaos
2: factor. It, 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 the game has a little bit of, like, unpredictable...
1: It's Smash Bros. Yes. 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 It's Smash Brothers with all the items turned on. Yes. Oh,
2: yeah. And the more people you have in a chaos-type environment, the more chaos happens, the fun of the game is.
1: Oh, yeah. And to speak to your concern, we kind of knew... So, you know, we, people know us for War Machine and Hordes and a Monster Pocket, right? And those are more competitive-minded games. So, with our third pillar, Right Quest, we were trying to get something that hit that other portion of the community people that want a fast fun game still got some strategy to it but it's a little bit more chaotic right and we knew that the majority of people that were already listened to us that already like pay attention to what we're doing that they might grab those models just to play in War Machine and Horrors but our hope and what we've kind of been seeing happen is they're, you know I'm looking down at the end of the table right now with with Chuck who's like a a hardcore competitive guy and he's playing Riot Quest right now and the idea being that they're going to uh, try the game out, realize they like it, and then maybe pick up some more models just to play in Riot Quest. We've also seen a lot of people coming through that don't play War Machine, that have no interest in the big army game, and they're buying it here at Gen Con because they demoed the game or heard about the game, and they're liking it for just what it is. And that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do is get a little bit of everybody.
0: Okay. Now, you didn't mention about, you know, we have a competitive truck here playing the game. So my question is, are you guys ever looking to make this game into like a type of competitive game or are you just making it just a fun party game?
1: There'll be there'll be organized play for it, but it will not be a competitive game. So I I almost design I'll just I design the game to where you, you almost can't play it competitively. There's there's a lot of decision making when it's you as a player, but there's just enough chaos to it that if you try and take this game too seriously and you just try to have repeated results like you would in War Machine. Like you try to make a War Machine list, right? And you test it out 15 times and you're ready for a tournament. You can't really do that for Riot Quest. You can play 15 games, but you're gonna get enough different results to where you can make good decisions, but you're not gonna get the same results like you would with testing an army. So you you can't really push it in that same competitive sense. Also, again, sometimes you'll you'll be playing, you'll make the right decision, and then something like crazy will happen and it'll throw your whole strategy off. And I think for the hardcore competitive people, that, that amount of RNG is not what they want. And so it's, it's kind of been designed to, to do just that.
0: Okay. Chance, have you tried out Riot Quest yet? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so I demoed it yesterday, bought it yesterday, mm-hmm. and then bought- I think we all bought it. Let's Gorman, what, the man. what did what, what, you think about the game? I liked it, I liked it a lot. Yes. So I, I, I like how, I like the unpredictableness of the game. I love the fact how you can think something is gonna go this way, mm-hmm. And then it will completely turn right on you.
1: Or, or it might go the way you would think <laughs> yeah. right? Like you might set up set up a move, and then it works out, and you score your points, and they're like, great. Or you might set up a move, and the other players go, and then something a new card flips over, and you're like, my whole plan just went out the window, yeah. right? And, and to me, that's the fun is because when it comes back around to your turn, your decision, the strategy, the, the tactic is to adapt. Yes. To what just happened and, and sort of change your plan in a new way to continue winning and doing well.
2: Yep, I know when we played it a second time yesterday, we played a four V four and I did exactly like you were talking about earlier. I took iris around and people were damaging folks and I just started sniping people yeah. from a distance just to get my points. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. It tells me and I definitely know it's a nice little similarity between uh like starting with this and starting with Mon Mon-Pac, where you have your one hero, you have like a couple units. But once you start adding that second monster and a full 10-man, it changes the game. For this game, you start with five heroes, but you can play up to 10, and that completely changes because you now have a bench that you can swap out, more card, more gear to play with, and it definitely changes the dynamic of how...
1: And the organized play is gonna push that even, so Throwdown is the name of the organized play format. And when I say it's organized play, it's not so much a tournament as an event format. It's got different rules for how many rounds you play. It won't always go undefeated. It might just be like, play three rounds. It has different ways to determine who wins the prizes. It might not even be who won the match, it might be who scored the most bounty cards, or who scored the most kill cards. Like you can, As the, the EO, you can determine how you want your event to even be scored and run. But then there's, there's crew creation rules. So you can run vanilla, which is out of the box, which is five to 10 guys. Or you can do adventuring party, which is exactly six, and you must have one from each of the six classes. There's one called... Um, I think it's like specialized, I gotta remember the name of it, but you pick two classes and your heroes can only be from one of those two classes. Okay. And then there's a ban one, like MOBAs, where the minimum crew is seven, and then when you when your opponent square off, you pick two of their heroes, they pick two of your heroes, and they ban them out of the match and you can't play with them. Ooh, okay. Okay. So there's gonna be different formats like that, uh, that that mess around with how you build the team in the first place. So the idea is when you go to a Riot Quest event, to show up with probably 10 of your models you want to play with, you know, not a ton, and about 10-ish gear cards, and you should be able to play any format the EEO throws. Oh, at yeah. You. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, so, right now, so we have the the base box, and we got six heroes. Six heroes here today, yeah. Now, for the base box, are you guys in the future planning to make those separate? Like, are, will those be individual purchases in the future, if, if need be? So, if, for presentful-
1: possibly, but it's not, it's not going to be for a little bit. Okay. The one thing that's in the core box that's going to be released separately is going to be the map. The map's going to come out as neoprene. Like, yes. It was actually going to be at the show. It was one day late in shipping to be able to get it to Gen Con, so we couldn't get it here in time of the shipment. Oh. Yeah. That's why it's not here. We oh. actually thought it was going to be. We were telling people it was going to be here, that it didn't make it. Okay. So, uh, and then there's 30 heroes coming out between now and next lock and load. Uh, and also... 30? 30. 30. Uh, actually, oh. more, uh, 30. No, no, you're 30. Uh, because there's also expansion packs that are going to add uh, modeled terrain to the table. Okay. okay. So we're going to we're going have big box expansions that add new new uh, bounty decks, new treasure decks, new cards, all kinds of different stuff. Like, think uh, all these kind of games you've seen before. It's not just going to be just hero blisters. We're going to put out, you know, bigger thematic packs. And we're going to try and keep the price down. Like, I think the core box, which is 50, the starter box, is probably going to be the most expensive single product for Riot Quest you'll buy.
0: And for listeners, like 50 bucks for that box where you got two medium bases, three small bases, and everything else comes with it, it is a hell of a buy. Yeah, if you and bought
1: it literally for the miniatures, which I hope people aren't buying it just for the miniatures, but if you did, that's $10 a miniature. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, like you said, two medium bases, like Des is thick. Oh like god, yeah, that is, that is view. a bigger. girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um. like she's like, and she's the scale, when I first saw her, I was like, this can't be the scale, right? And they're like, no, this is like, canonically how big she is. So in the IK as a human, she's like six foot nine. Oh yeah,
0: she's she's a big she, girl. She, a you big see that, bazooka. You see that big bazooka? <laughs> kind of like, hmm.
1: I love her storyline too because she's just like she just doesn't take any sass from anybody. If anybody lifts off or there's a problem that the crew can't fix, fix it with the bazooka. Yeah. Like how what? do we get in this vault? Blow it open. Blow it open. <laughs> oh, there's a turret running around shooting everybody. Blow it apart. Oh, somebody lift off to me. Shoot them in the face. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, just, <laughs> it, it's it's it walk softly and carry a big stick. Except it's a big bazooka.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the little agonizer that you say that's coming out with the bandana. Oh, the
1: terrorizer? Uh, yeah.
0: That? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because we have all those models that you guys showed up at Lock and Load, yeah. uh, Wolf of No Name. Yeah. Um, like Yeah, there's tons of interesting stuff coming out. And after playing the game, now I'm very excited to actually see the Riot Quest rules, you know, because yeah. playing it, like, it changes dynamically on, on how you build it.
1: And it, it's interesting, man. It was like almost like a design challenge, because every Riot Quest model only has three rules. It'll never be more than three. It'll never be less than three and every class has a rule associated with it. So like all the gunners have aim, all the guards have safeguard, which means every hero you buy only has two unique rules and then their unique stats and weapons. And you'd think that would be limiting the design space, but we I've been able to design 30 heroes that all feel and play very differently with just two rules. And that's been really nice because the game is so simple, just a few little tweaks here and there can crumble with something that plays like uh, Black Blackbella. She's a fighter. She's a melee fighter, right?
0: She's aggressive, and she's like, she kicks my ass every time I fight against her. <laughs>
1: she's, right? She's the fastest character, speed six. She's good defensive sets of four five. She hits like a truck, and she's got the only, there's no free strikes in the game. She is the only free strike rule, which is, if you're next to her and you try and move away, you roll a red die and you take that much damage.
0: How do I kill her? Like, like once she gets on me, like, I can't get her off me. <laughs>
1: yeah. that's You've got to take her, but she's only got three health. Right, so he's got to drop her as fast as can. So take her and then take another fighter, so Butcher. So he has the same charge ability all fighters have, but Butcher's deal is he's got four stamina, four health, and his axe is only three blue dice. So at first you look at him, you're like, that's pretty bad. And then you realize he's got a rule that says for every point of damage on him, add a red die. So when he's got three damage, he rolls three blues and three reds on his base attack, which is just nuts. And then he's got Berserk, which says when he attacks, you roll the dice and you compare the result to every square around him, not just one target. So he walks up and he, he hits every hex around him and everybody in it. So if you throw the Butcher in the middle of, like, five hexes and go, I make an attack, you will just cleave through everybody around you. you know? Jesus Christ. And so that's two two fighters that have comparable stats, but just literally two rules of difference. Yeah. Give you a completely different experience on, a, on what a fighter can do, right? Yeah. You've got your tanky berserker and then your black bellows just mean. It's the best way to describe <laughs> it. Yeah, trust She's me. just mean.
0: Oh, my God. Um... So yeah, so like after playing it, like, I definitely can't wait to see like the new maps that may come out, yep. um, by reading about the bounties. and like When I first saw the bounties, I was like, okay, this may be a little interesting. And like I guess I can just, why don't we just try and kill each other? No, like bounties or objectives, how some of you may look at it, actually super matter. Like yep. playing those bounties definitely gets you up there. Sure, you can kill a model maybe here and there, uh, playing in the two player, but adding on for it, I mean, there's going to be tarnished around, but playing those bounties is actually very important. Some of them will just straight kill you.
1: Yeah, some of it will start you. Yeah. I, so, playtesting this game for. Man, I'm trying to count how many months we've been playtesting this. I, it's a while. Like, it's maybe a year and a half, I think. Okay. I've never had a game in any iteration where somebody won on just kills without getting a single bounty of any kind. Oh, yeah.
0: I- Got it.
1: It. You just, it's, you can't, do, like you,
0: you, you can't, it'll take forever.
1: I've seen people win with like six, six kill cards and then one bounty. But like trying to get seven kill cards, if you're doing multiplayer, you're going to get sniped. And if you're doing one V one, the other person is just going to outpace you in bounties. Oh yeah. Cause the kill cards are only worth one VP. A lot of bounties are worth one, but some are worth two. So you, you, you just won't keep up.
0: Oh yeah, you know what, because like I actually played Jerry um, my first full game this morning, he got a bunch of kills on me, then all of a sudden I just started doing bounties, like he got five kills on me, I got bounties, and I was up to six and right. like instantly, and I was like, holy like cow.
1: Especially if you could like get multiples in one turn. I was doing a demo to a dude here at the booth and the guy picked up on the game super quick. And I was like explaining stuff and all of a sudden he like looked at the two active bounties and looked at how many points he has, he had four VPs, and he needed seven to win. And he was the start of the turn. He had all six of his dice. He did one giant activation with Dreyfus where he spent all six dice. He like attacked, moved, jumped, opened a chest and then rigged something. He scored every active bounty and got a scrap card and got to seven in one, like, giant combo string and won the game. And I looked at him, and I was like, that's amazing. And he was like, this game is badass. There you <laughs> go. And he, like, went and bought it. And I was like, I was just kind of astounded that dude picked it up so fast. Yeah, was you're like, strange.
0: huh, I didn't see that coming. I literally, I I, I,
1: I, like, I saw part of it, and then I didn't see the last part where he, he did a jump to another spot. Like, I didn't I didn't see it coming. So I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to get one VP away from winning. And he was like, "Nah, huh And he did, went, did the full thing, and I was like, okay. Okay, well played, sir. Well, well played. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be mad at you. Yeah.
0: Alright, so we got eleven models now. Yeah. And then I think we're gonna have a slow release coming out from now yeah, to so the next. The core block.
1: sets out in a couple weeks and then the six heroes that are here are coming out like over by the by the end of September easily. And then it's about two or three models a month between now and lock and load, and then a couple months are a little heavier with the big expansion packs I was talking about, new maps, and then like uh, like October I think it's got three heroes. It's uh Wolf with no name. Butcher and Captain Crawtis are all come out in October. Okay. So some months will be like that, and that, that the reason that that's those three models because those are three big models. Like all three of them are medium bases, right? And Butcher's like just a beefy model. Captain Crawtis just big ass model.
0: Okay. So yeah. for people who want to get into this game, so, yeah, but- so they hear about it, want to try it, and they have a friend of theirs. Would it be best if they got two starter boxes, even though they're the same characters, or should they look at buying one starter box and five heroes, that way they both have separate characters?
1: I recommend just so that everybody has their own set of dice, and they've got their own cards in case they want to go play somewhere else. If you can, get two starters, and then maybe each buy a couple heroes. The heroes here generally are like $12, $13 by themselves, right? So if you each go in for about, say, 70 bucks, maybe a little bit more, you can get a good diversity of your team. If you can't do that and you just wanna go single starter and then five other heroes, you and a buddy can totally play that gateway. It's about $100 S total, uh, about 110 actually. But the thing is you need a second set of dice. Now, if you've been playing Monster Apocalypse or even maybe a Mega Protocol, you might have extra dice available you could use to make sure that the pips match up right. Uh, but if you don't have that, I'd recommend two starters.
0: That did make me happy. I was like, there's Monpoch dice? Yeah.
1: Yes, I have yeah. extra dice. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, if you've got Monpoc dice, you're set, right? And a lot of people that were buying it here at the show who also play Monpoc. They, we explained exactly that to them, so they walked up and bought the starter and they bought the six extra heroes so that them and the friends could go play immediately, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah. the, the extra dice, I, I love the dice mechanic, the dice yeah. mechanic came out great, because yeah. I, I know with in the Monpoch, that, that dice mechanic is what kind of drives me to Monpoch, it's simple, you ain't got to be adding up nothing, just got to count stars, Right. how many stars you got, I hit,
1: I didn't hit. And there's the things we we took from a few other games. We have got the Monflock dice, but the the way you flow them back and forth is totally different. But you know you're rolling the same yeah. the same probability. And then the split defense, like everybody's got two defense numbers. If you hit the low one, you do one point of damage. If you hit the high one, you do two points. That's from like uh, Winter Was Wood and Mega Protocol yeah. and those kind of games. So like. A lot of it is original. Uh, I'd say like ninety percent of the game is kind of original ideas. But then we took on stuff that we knew just worked, like the Park dice system, like that split defense, and just used things that we had in other games that that fit what we were trying to yeah, do. Yeah, I
0: mean, if it works, why break it? Yeah, like yeah, like it doesn't
1: hurt. But we knew it was going to be very different from War Machine. There's basically nothing. Oh no. Similar. No. To no. Oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No.
0: No. Uh, no. And and I like that. Like you know it's. If I don't fly like playing War Machine, but you know I love the models, boom, put it out there, try something new. Would you guys ever be interested in maybe creating um, rules for existing War Machine models in Riot Quest?
1: We probably—it's a, it's a door we're not interested in opening okay. right now because once you open that that door, it's a floodgate of people, and, and it, it increases an expectation, right? That's because right. If, if I say we go make Aris One into a model, we've set up. Everybody who plays that game now look at the War Machine line and be like, well, when's this one going to happen? When's this one gonna happen? And then possible disappointment that that model's not being made into a Riot Quest model. So it's better to just be like, let's focus on the new stuff just for Riot Quest. Okay. And also introduce that into War Machine sort of backwards compatible. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, well, I know we're coming out with Helga on wheels. Yep. And I know you guys at Priority Press do pitches all the time. So here's my pitch.
1: I'm ready. All
2: right. I want a Riot Quest model that is based off Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. I want a rule that says I got a long way to go on one model and a short time to get there on the second model.
1: Okay.
2: I don't know how that works. All right. <laughs> I don't know. It, Smokey seems like he should be like a like a on God that's on fire. All right.
1: <laughs> Listeners,
0: I, I I, can't save you. I can't save parents. I, and, I'm
1: done. And I can't promise that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> But I have heard your pitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you heard it first here on the
0: Minority part and it dies on the Minority part, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, so far, it sounds like it's going successful. It's going great. The responses have been all positive. Love it. So, I have two questions for you. What model so far in Riot Quest is your favorite?
1: Of what's released? Of what's released. Of what's released. Uh, for... I think Bamfist, who's in the core set, is one of those key models you're gonna see in a lot of people's crews. The empower ability is just crazy strong. I also think Gorman, Gorman the Mad, his gun has the strip rule on it that says if he hits somebody that's got gear, it just breaks the gear automatically and that is a super rare rule. I think he has it and then a piece of gear coming out like in twenty like mid twenty twenty lets you do that. Ooh, so like okay. the ability to take gear off people is because a character can completely change what they're doing depending on what gear you slap on them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really good. So that, that's my two favorites. My favorite looking one is Uh I, I love... I'm a big fan of uh, genies and, like, uh, Middle Eastern mythology. Okay. Uh, my favorite piece of literature is uh, Thousand and One Nights. Uh, and so when I heard that Banffist was going to be basically a, a Zulis, Rulik, who looked kind of like a genie... He's got like the top knot and everything. Just
0: everything in it. Yeah, I was
1: I was I was like sold. So I love his look, but I also really like his rules.
0: Okay. So now what about models that haven't been released? And can you give us a little tidbit on that model?
1: The four horse demands. Uh, the what? The four horse demands. So I mentioned this one in the keynote, but I'll say it again here. So when I came into Riot Quest, I came on really early. Like they basically gave me the, the game super early on, but Matt had a list of, of models he knew we wanted to be in it. So after that initial batch got done, Matt and I sat down and I pitched to him my ideas to fill out the next the rest of the, 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 the models for. Me. And as I said on the keynote, he told me what he wanted the setting to be and how it was supposed to be like Saturday morning cartoon apocalypse. So I got weird. And everything I pitched to him, he just said yes. <laughs> like, okay. like how
0: weird is weird.
1: So, The first thing I pitched to him was I was like, "It's in the world, so the Grimkin must be having the time of their life. They must be partying it up." So I was like, "I want to make a large base model, but it's four Nayslayers on one base, and they're dressed up like death, war, famine, and pestilence, right? And they're the four horsey mans of the apocalypse, (laughs) and they're just like running around having the the time of their life." And that was like, "Let's do it."
0: Can I get this on a shirt? Like, can I Oh Yeah, there's (laughs) there's gonna be
1: art for it and everything. It's gonna be a real model.
0: We're doing this, guys. Yeah, just I'm just saying it.
1: So then I told him I'd been watching a lot of Mad Max and reading a lot of Lobo, and I wanted to do Helga on a giant meat thresher motorcycle with a spiked baseball bat and a chain wrapped around her fist, with a, a heart on the back that said "Carver" on the back of her leather jacket. And he was like, "Let's do it." And I just kept pitching stuff to him, and he just kept saying <laughs> he's yes, like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: like he's like, "Give me crazier, give me weirder." So Come the next on. thing was I was like, "I want a
1: terrorizer, or I want an agonizer, who's like." it's post-apocalyptic so I'm sure a lot of the, the Warbeasts died but what about the Agonizer who got free and he's grown up just a little bit so he's like teenage and he's angry at the world
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Agonizer?
1: Yeah and so he's got a <laughs> bandana on his head and he's got Morgul's glove on one hand he's got a slug gun in the other hand a Praetorian sword in the other and then like a, uh, it's a slug gun and a scatter gun he's got all four of them and he's standing like one foot up on an accessory of Guardian's head with all four arms back just screaming firing like action movie style Uh, And he was like, "Let's do it," and that just kept
0: happening, time and time again. (laughs) God, I wish I I I was like in the room where this thing was was going.
1: (laughs) That'd be the greatest
0: conversation of all time. Like,
1: yes, yes, yes. Like,
0: how weird can I go? Yes, yes.
1: Like, Chuck Dogwood. I explained Chuck Dogwood to do him, and he was like, let's do it. And I was like, man, is, is Matt messing with me right, it, right? now? Right? It's like, uh, I like you,
0: like think you're drunk, high, you just, just don't And then care. I sort of see it. No, and
1: like, he loved it, and it, it, it sort of fit the vision of what he wanted this game to be. Uh, and, you know, because it's not part of the main War Machine canon, it's a split timeline where the Infernals came, they won, they left where they were going. So this is sort of this, like, desolate, ruined... Uh, you know it should be like a super gritty setting but we decided to do it in like the most fun way we could yeah it's like the fun apocalypse so it lets us just get kind of like strange with the stuff we're doing and we're gonna ride that for a long time like the you're gonna see weirder and weirder stuff come out Yeah. so one day Matt looks at me and says no okay
0: it sounds I'll, like I'll let you know
1: what that model is when I find <laughs> it. When the, when the day comes, back, goes, "Nah," I'll be like,
0: "All right." We want to preview that model. I will I'm give ready. you the
1: exclusive. Okay, if that yes. Tells me you
0: no. Know. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. Oh my god, it's gonna be great. So, with all that being
2: said, yeah. as we wrap up, kind of start to start wrapping up. What about Riot Quest? Are you looking most forward to in the future? Right? If if, if somebody was to come up and listen to this podcast, yeah. and you wanted them to go out and try the game. The Saturday morning cartoon feel, I love that idea because yes. that's how it kind of feels to me.
1: Right.
2: What would you tell them to go do?
1: I mean, just grab grab the game and play it with people that might not, you know, the thing I love is the people that have been playing it and some of our early playtesters were playing with their families and they were playing with their friends that don't play war games, but who liked the look of the models, who liked the look of the IK, maybe they played the IK RPG, but they didn't want to play War Machine they didn't want to play that many models. So our main playtester internally was Tony. And Tony would play with us and he would play with his family. Our main external playtester was Travis Marr. And Travis playtested with his nine-year-old son. And then we'd have people play that were like traditional competitive war gamers, people are were super casual. My favorite thing is seeing people get to interact with us, Privateer Press, and our community that normally felt a little intimidated by the crunchier games we're known for. Yeah. So my thing is grab the game, play it with your friends, and then play it with people that might not play washing with you because they've been intimidated, I think you're going to have a lot of fun with this game as a quick 20-30 minute thing you do, you know, every week, every other week, as much as you want to, right? I don't think this is going to be the game that you go to the store and you play every single day, but I think it's the game you're probably going to play a few times every week and just have fun with. And more importantly, if you're looking to get your kids in and maybe this is their first hobby thing, I think this is a game that is simple enough, I don't want it's not a kid's game. But I do think it is simple enough that with a parent or you know or a guardian, a kid could play this game yeah. and make meaningful decisions and have fun with it. And okay. I'm excited to see that stuff happen. Sounds
0: okay. good. All right. Sounds great. So to all listeners, once again, we'd like to thank Hungerford for being the awesome man that he is.
1: I'm glad to do this. We're just going to do this every con we see each other from now on? Uh, yes. That what sounds sound like a plan. What's the next one y'all going to?
0: Uh, Warf- Warfare Weekend. Y'all going to be
1: Warfare Weekend? Yes. Is Damon coming? Yeah, He better
0: be coming. Okay. We, we literally need all three of us together to do this.
1: Let's do this again. If I'm at Warfare Weekend, I think I am. I don't know. That would be hilarious if the three of y'all yeah there yeah. 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 and, yeah. yeah. and Then y'all will do the podcast and complain that I'm not there. Uh, yes. But first, Damon, we'll make. All right. All right. all right. all right. Yeah, let's do this again for sure. Okay. Right. Right. Next time we
0: do
2: it in St. Louis, I'll bring ribs. Right. We We can podcast and eat ribs.
1: I don't think I... I know, I know y'all are famous for ribs and like barbecue and a lot yep. of just the food y'all have down there. I don't I think I've ever had ribs in St. Louis that were per, 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 you know, in a special way. There wasn't like a fast food place, right? I don't yeah. Ever had, like, oh, we throw
2: it down. We're not, we're not going to no oh. fast food. Oh, we throw it down.
1: <laughs> well, because when we were for a weekend, we are always at, uh, what was it, Fuzzies? Oh, yeah. Oh. We eat at Fuzzy's basically every time and then we don't make it very far away, but I know the food's good there, but I never had anybody really take me out in St. Louis to have local cuisine. I got you. Alright, all right, we
0: got you. We got all right. you. Alright, to all right, so listeners, once again, we got to thank Hungry for being here and hopefully you guys, see you guys on the final table and see you guys playing some Riot Quest. Right. Peace out
2: later
0: this has been an episode of the minority report until next time see you at the final table